Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sabres Live is presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Slap away at it on the wall. It's taken back by Yuki Hayus. He got it across ice. Doesn't shot right on the score. Casey. Casey at the back. Casey Middlestad hammers it home. And Buffalo wins it in overtime. There you have it, uh, RJ's last call to open this show as we uh, launch ourselves into what we expect will be a very um, uh, memorable, emotional, but uh, really, uh, I think, another life-changing night for all Buffalo Sabres fans or afternoon or early evening on Sunday. Welcome inside Sabres Live, this show, Dan Dunleavy, along with uh, Marty Biron, who's on the road, a little Kentucky bluegrass for him. So uh, I assume there's horses involved with this trip. There has been a lot of horses involved with this yeah. trip, and I was going to come home last night. And uh, because uh, my whole crew has got another, uh, ch- they all three have championship classes tomorrow morning. So I'm like, oh, I'm sticking around. And uh, I was able to clean up a little spot of the hotel room to be able to have a nice little area to do the show today, Dan, with you. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, man, is it ever hot in Kentucky? Every time yeah. that it gets hot in Buffalo, I'll remember how hot it gets in Kentucky when it's 97, 98 and humid, but that's neither here or there. You're absolutely right. Um, a lot going on this weekend, obviously. Uh, classic RJ games are going to start to air tonight, Dan, at 7 p.m. on MSG. There's a 7 p.m. and a 9 p.m. every night for the next uh, couple of weeks. And then tomorrow, we're going to get a full marathon, right? 7, 9 11, 1, 2, 3, whatever, all the way until remembering RJ on Sunday, 5 o'clock. So, so many uh, classic RJ games. It's going to be fun. But uh, thanks for filling in today. It's uh, great to uh, to talk to you. And uh, I haven't talked to you, uh, obviously, since uh, hearing about RJ. So, uh, um, this is going to be a good time to share some stories and, and obviously lead up to Sunday's uh, big event at Key Bank Center. Well, uh, like John Lennon said on the rooftop of Abbey Road, I hope I pass the audition. Well, I'm sure you do. I'm sure you we'll did. See. So. We'll see. We'll uh, see. And actually, <laughs> you know, uh, listening to that call for the Casey Middlestack goal in overtime and RJ's final call, I mean, you couldn't – I'm sure it's been said a 100 times and by thousands of fans, but you couldn't script it any better, right? And the only difference would have been had it been a, a playoff clinching goal – in the regular season, things continue on, had a bit of playoff goal, you know, all of this stuff just to add to the cupboard of calls that he has 
certainly for his uh, tenure of work in the National Hockey League. But it took me back as well, not just that goal, but to a year later at home against Ottawa on what was, you know, you felt in the air without knowing anything for sure. At least you may have known, but I didn't. I certainly sat on the fact that this might be Craig Anderson's last game. I didn't Um, know officially. Uh, I don't think anybody knew until after the game, but yeah, you're right. Uh, It was potentially Craig Anderson's last game against his former team, the Ottawa Senators. Yeah, everything, again, right? Just like RJ and I, it felt like this could be it uh, for RJ. You knew because he was retiring, yeah. but uh, on this night you felt like, wow, okay. So are we in for another kind of storybook end to a home season? Because that was the last home game of the regular season yep. against Ottawa, uh, a really close game, of course, against the senators get used to those by the way, folks, because yeah. they're coming. And uh, Casey Middlestat scores the overtime winner. And as I made the call on that, the first thought that came to mind, and I didn't use it on the call because it would have been too wordy, which is something you try to avoid, but mm-hmm. it really was. I, I wanted to say Casey's done it again, a penchant for scoring on special nights in overtime. And as I yeah. looked up just after saying middle stat scores and you drag it out and put your exclamation mark on it, like you and everyone else in the building, I looked down at the ice and think, what's going on right now? Oh, they're rushing down. As you're seeing on this, on the screen right now, if you're watching on TV, they're rushing down the ice because they're thinking, okay, great, Casey, thanks for scoring, but we got to go down and congratulate Greg Anderson. Yes. <laughs> Casey's kind of like, hey, um, you know, I'm Where trying did to everybody make a name go? For yeah. like, I'm yeah. trying to make a name for myself here and continue my legacy. And uh, um, on both nights, it was for bigger reasons, which is a, a really neat story for him to tell too as he goes forward. And you know, when he's done his career, he'll have those two very special goals as well as a uh, you know a Stanley Cup winner too down the road for Casey Middlestad. Well, that's well, that's the thing that though, in. as as we have been reminiscing of a lot of games against uh, teams in the NHL. And as, you know, Duffer and I are going to continue throughout the summer before the season starts, we're going to revisit a lot of teams of the day. Uh, Yesterday was Nashville. So obviously that game, uh, you know, RJ Knight against the Nashville Predators was one that, uh, you know, stood out right away. We've talked about the New York Islanders, the Rangers, every team. But a lot of my stories are not even the games. It's like the moments within the games or the 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 situation of the game and what happened in the locker room. And I think for Casey Middlestat, he's going to go like in 30 years from now, he's going to be on a golf course somewhere because Casey likes to golf. And he's going to talk about, I remember scoring the last goal that Rick Jenneret called. And it was an overtime against the Chicago Blackhawks. And that has to feel special for him. Or even the same thing. I remember scoring the goal that made Craig Anderson a winner against his former team in his last ever NHL game against the Ottawa Senators. And how that storybook ending happened and how Craig Anderson was such a part of it. So sometimes it's not so much the big games. You know, playoff games obviously are important and whatnot, but there are moments in a career that really stands out. And that's why I feel like these classic RJ games, Dan, are going to be so much fun to watch because I had forgotten, well, not forgotten everything that happened but at 7 p.m tonight it's rj night it's the night where we had the ceremony the banner went up right it was against the nashville predators what happened that game i'm like i remember that the sabers won four three i remember the last minute was nail biting i remember that after the game alex stuck and cody and went and got rj and brought him onto the ice but what happened during the game that made this a special game because the building was full. It hadn't been full all season long. It was full that night. It was full at six o'clock, 
right? For the ceremony. Yeah, it was, there was awesome. A, there was a, yeah, there was a buzz too. I mean, it's, um, I know everyone who is there certainly gets it. And I know those who yeah. weren't there wish they were. It's not as if this entire city didn't try to get to that game. But those who were fortunate enough to get in, um, without it being a playoff game, uh, I would even, yeah. I, I don't want to put it above that because I haven't had that experience yet here as an announcer with this team. Um, I'm waiting and looking forward to that. But certainly it was the most hype and energy I felt pregame in Buffalo. Um, I might say second only to when RJ came back from his initial battle with cancer, to be honest yes. with you, because when RJ came back from that battle and there was a time, obviously, when you hear those words, you don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And then we were very fortunate and blessed all of us to have RJ actually come back. And I remember the nervousness on that night too. And it was an exciting, you know, nervousness in the building, but this yeah. one really topped. It really did top everything on that, that night against Nashville. I, I don't usually, and I don't think I've, I probably can count on one hand the amount of times that I've celebrated a Sabres goal. Like, I'm working, right, Dan? Like, you yeah. have to bring the energy up. The Sabres score, you have to bring the energy up. You're celebrating in a way, and Razor's going to jump. But but for me, the goal happens. I got to write down the notes. What happened? How did the goal happen? Who made the play and whatnot? And I do remember, like, a few minutes into the Nashville game, Right at our end, because our, our our set for the intermission, the pregame, postgame, is in the 200 level where the Sabres score twice. So I'm at that one end in the first period, and there's a shot on net. And Peyton, I think it was Dylan Cousins, took a shot. UC Soros made the save. And Peyton Krebs, it was slow-mo in my, my mind. Like, he has the puck coming towards him, and the, the net is wide open. UC Soros isn't getting back in the net for that. And as Peyton Krebs shot it in the net, I jumped from my seat, my hands in the air, like, yes, yes. Yeah, I was celebrating the goal because it meant so much to the fan base, to the team. But more importantly, the fact that it was that big of night to have RJ Knight, right? The banner ceremony, everything. It meant so much. And I remember jumping out of my seat. And Duffer looking at me like, oh, I haven't seen you do that too many times, but it must be important. Now, I'm like, okay, what happened after that? Because the Sabres took a 3-1 lead and then lost the lead. It was 3-3 after the first period. A lot of people were thinking, there we go again. Like, this has been a tough year. You know, they jump off. They're going to lose it. But they were able to win it 4-3. It was a, a very special night. Uh, one that the fans still talk about, one that the players still talk about. So this one is on at 7 p.m. tonight on MSG. I'm telling you, go back, and and it's going to replay throughout the next couple of weeks. There's going to be a lot of games that are going to replay, but go back and, and sit down and turn it on because even RJ going on the ice after the game and taking the team picture was so special. Yeah, and I think, you know, it, everything you said is true, and it, it's rare that uh, someone that is part of an organization, part of a city, part of a fabric of anything, he's not even calling the game, and you want to watch it. Yeah. And and that is, yeah. I mean, it sounds odd to say because it'll be a different voice that I know when I'm calling the game, but you weren't even, I mean, we were all there working for him that night. I mean, we, we, I know we work for the Sabres. We work for a national hockey league team and we're privileged to do that. And we're thrilled to do it. And it's a job that we probably never imagined we'd ever have, but always wanted. And, um, on one night we worked for one man and we wanted to give him our best. 
Um, like we want to give our best every night for everyone who watches and loves this team. But on that night, it was pretty selfish of all of us saying, no, we and the players, this was all for one guy. And, you know, everything kind of going forward here, certainly for the next year, uh, because his memory is going to live on in infamy. This this isn't going anywhere. So I, I wouldn't fear that uh, RJ is going to be around forever. It's it's you're not you know, the man is not with us anymore. But what he what the artist painted is what I like yeah. to say about Rick, what the artist painted is going to be hanging on the walls forever. Um, and that was a night where, you know, we just stood back and, and really wanted the artist to know that he was leaving things in good hands. And I think the players wanted him to know that too. I mean, that, that was the essence of that game. And the moment after that you're watching on the screen now on MSG is that they wanted him to know, we got you. Um, we know this isn't easy. We know you probably don't want to step away from this right now. This is your life. This is your love, but we still got you. And I think I, that's the magic of that, how that game turned out is what you're describing. I remember going up to the suite where all of RJ's family was in at mm. the, maybe the 10 minute mark of the third period, right? I went up there because I wanted to see RJ and I finally got a break. There was a commercial and I, I'm like, I'm going to go up. They were right above our set. So I'm going to take the stairs, go up quickly. I went in there and I saw Cupcake, Sandra, and I'm like, where's, uh, where's RJ? And she goes, he just went down. He just went down. They want him by the, the 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 hallway, by the bench at the end of the game, because if they win, they're yeah. going to be able to do something. And I became about as nervous as I've ever been because there's six, seven minutes left in the game and the Sabres are up 4-3. And I'm thinking, don't lose this. Please don't lose this. I'm sitting on the desk. And I am nervous. I'm writing my notes and it's like doctor's prescription scribbles because I can't even yeah. read my own handwriting. You can't write fast shaking. enough, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's shaking. I'm shaking. Yeah. I'm, I've never been that nervous for a hockey game when I even played, right? And I'm nervous for RJ. I want it to happen so bad. So that's game one tonight at 7 p.m. Game two tonight, Dan, at 9 p.m., is RJ's last call. It's the last game he ever called against the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, it was, um, you know, a game that was full of surprises in a way, because I don't know if you recall, but, you know, obviously in Buffalo, we do both national anthems. So this singer comes out to sing the Canadian national anthem first. And then all of a sudden they said, and now to sing the national U.S. national anthem, please welcome Buffalo Sabres, Malcolm Subban, and the whole like Chicago Blackhawks team, which they know Malcolm from being yeah. there, turned around like, what? And the players turned around and there's Malcolm Subban singing the national anthem, uh, which was crazy. He did an amazing job. And then it, it goes into this game where, you know, Tokarski is playing and the Sabres are down one nothing after two period. <laughs> Owen Power actually scored to make it 2-2 in the last five minutes in the game and Casey Middlestad scores. So again, like it's one nothing after two. You're thinking, please score a goal so RG can call at least one more goal. Mm -hmm. And then Tace Thompson scores. And then they're down 2-1 and you're like, oh, get it to overtime so RG can say, oh, overtime one time. You know, just get it there. And the 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 all the the dominoes fell in right in the, the right spot for Casey Millistat to that, that goal in overtime and for RJ to have that call. And then for the fans to stay in their seats while 
they're on the Jumbotron replaying RJ's call for the fans in the building that did not get to hear it. Everybody at home got to hear it, but not everybody in the building. Obviously, nobody in the building got to yeah. hear it unless you were in a suite and the TV was on. So they replayed it, and then RJ came onto the ice and got to shake hands with everybody. That was another special night, but one that I went back to the highlights because it was – it, it, I needed to remember what happened that game. So if you're watching tonight at seven and nine, you're going to be going through the memories of all of that. It's going to be fantastic. Just watching again, uh, Zemgus and Rasmus Dahlin bringing him out onto the ice. Kevin Adams comes over and has a, a quick word with RJ and just, yep. I don't, I'm watching the facial expression and I just see, uh, you know, I, I never got to talk to him about what was going through his mind in this moment. I, I don't know if you did, but I, I would like to ask him that. And I, you know, that's the sad part about when you lose someone, there's always a question or two you wish you had asked them. Yep. And interestingly enough for me, the question I never did ask RJ of all the questions, I bet you Duffer did. I should ask him about this, who his favorite musicians were or who his favorite artist was, because you know, it's, Coming from the Ontario Hockey League, I never worked for the Ottawa 67s, but everybody knew about Brian Kilray and Ann Murray. I mean, it was just a given. I mean, he listened to Ann Murray on the bus all the time, and the players yeah. probably hated it as teenagers. <laughs> but Ann Murray, this Canadian musical led. So you associated that with with Brian Kilray, who is another hockey icon uh, from from Ottawa with the junior club. And yeah. I never did sit down with Rick. Of all questions, I didn't ask him, and I'm kicking myself about that one. So I might yeah, have to ask. You know- I might it's, have it's, to ask Chris's son about that one and say, what was dad listening to? I'm, I'm sure Chris would know uh, yeah, because would. he probably did a lot of car rides with uh, with his dad, RJ, and there was always music, right? Yep, and, 100%. Um, and maybe it's just something that he never thought about, but you still uh, now go back into the memories of everything and think about those moments with your, with your dad and, and being able to do so. Um, you know, RJ was a voice of of Western New York, of the Buffalo Sabres, and people loved him. But I still think that his finest words were the one at the very end when he signed off for the last time. It still gives me chill when they have the camera on him right from above his place in the press box and he sits the, the, the headset down and he, you know, just like he did on RJ Knight when he said, I love you to the fans, like it was always on point, always with emotion and passion. And so getting to relive those two is is going to be cool. But there's there's going to be more. I yeah. mean, the next two weeks, the He's games, got a couple I wrote games. them down. He's got a couple games in his uh, library, Marty. You can draw on a few. Hey, well, okay. How about this? T- tonight, like I said, RJ Knight's worth. <laughs> RJ's last call is tonight at 7 and 9. Tomorrow, Saturday at 7 o'clock, is the Pominville overtime against the Ottawa Senators in 2006. Game five, right? Like, these guys are good. Scary good. That's game five tomorrow at 7 p.m. At 9 p.m. tomorrow is the Chris Drury tying goal against the New York Rangers and Maxim Finneganov overtime goal against the Rangers in the 07 playoffs. And then at 11 o'clock tomorrow night, Saturday night at 11 p.m. on MSG, is the last game at the odd. Sabres. Uh, Hartford Whalers, when you think of it, like all the teams that RJ called that are not even existing in the NHL anymore. The Hartford Whalers, obviously, under Carolina Hurricanes. So that's tomorrow and then the marathon. So there's going to be so many great memories from Sabres games, RJ classic games that are going to be aired that I can't wait to watch. 
You know what I'm jealous about from a professional point of view is that in in watching these games, it it will be, it will serve up as memory of some of the character in the buildings that this game has lost. Now, um, I'm not here to shut down progress or progress, however you say it in either country, uh, because it has to happen. Uh, You need bigger, better, more modern buildings. I get it. Uh, I'm not here to stop that squash or to rain on that parade, but when you think about Rick's career and the other legends of the game too, uh, that he worked with. And I often bring up a Danny Gallivan type of name. Uh, yep. Dan Kelly would have been another one um, that instantly come to mind for me. And Ted Darling, of course, who's over my shoulder here uh, in the office, but mm-hmm. it's again, when I call Rick an artist, I really mean that I'm not making it up to sound good. I think he was an artist and how he was able to craft his art. Part of it comes from where you, it's it's the canvas you work with. So you mentioned the last game in the odd. As soon as you just say those words, I think to myself, oh my gosh. I mean, so many things just played out in a fashion that allowed Rick to be at his absolute best. And I know there were disappointments in playoff games, and I know there were disappointments in final and finality of outcomes, but the yeah. moments were still there. The moments were still there that... Going forward, they're going to be hard to recreate. They'll happen. Those moments yep. are going to happen. Uh, championships are hopefully going to be won. Uh, conference finals are hopefully going to be won. Playoff rounds will be won. But to do it in the odd, to do it in the Montreal form, to do it in the Boston Garden, to do it in the Olympia in Detroit, to do it you know, in Maple Leaf Gardens in Toronto, from Chicago the gondola, Stadium. In Chicago Stadium and all these buildings, that's what Rick, and I, we'll talk more about this on Sunday, but that's what Rick had a chance to do. And I'm really jealous about that. And I'm so happy for him that he got to do that, that 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 his chapter here fell in that playbook of the National Hockey League, because I think I think they were just born for each other. I think it was just it was just natural. It was meant to be. And it was, which is really cool. So in a league where things have changed a lot in the last 50 plus years here in Buffalo, we did have a constant voice. Yeah, you had your classic arena, didn't you? Yeah. Exactly. You did have that, even though it went from the odd to the Marine Midland Arena, and then it was HSBC, First Niagara, Key yeah. Bank, whatever, right? It it RJ was the, the the constant voice for all of these years. Now you talked about these legendary voice um Sunday, 5 p.m. By the way, remembering RJ will be going on at Key Bank Center. You can still get your tickets now at sabers.com. It will be on MSG doors open at 3:30. Um, so get there early. Um, Dan, you and I are going to be there, but there will be a lot of guests that will appear mm-hmm. on this 90 minute uh, special, right? We got Danny Gare going to be appearing. Brad May, May Day, obviously he has to be there. Rip Simonic, longtime equipment manager, will be there. Dave Hannon, who scored a one nothing goal against the New Jersey Devils in the third overtime. Uh, was it third or fourth? Anyway, and then it led to we're going back to where Jimmy Hoffa is, right? That famous line. Lindy Ruff is going to be there. Longtime uh, partner of Rick Generate. Jim Lawrence is going to be there. Obviously, myself and you, Dan, Robbery, Brian Duff are going to be there. And there will be remarks from Kevin Adams, the general manager of the Sabres, Don Granado, the head coach of the Sabres, and Joe Bowen, who has been Long-time voice of the Toronto Maple Leafs on the radio, yep. right? Bonesy has been, holy Mackinac, that's a line that he uses all the time, right? RJ at his top shelf where Mama hides the cookies and, and everything else. But, the you know, Joe Bowen obviously has been 
doing this for a long, long time and has been alongside RJ. So Joe will be there. Yeah. So a great list of guests. More will even be there, the alumni, but most importantly, the fans. Uh, be there uh, to celebrate and uh, to discuss RJ, his life and his career. Well, I look at that list and I'm I'm thinking uh, I won't have to say much, Marty. I mean, not just yourself going to be there, but the stories coming from. I mean, oh. I'm just going to sit back and listen because this is crazy. This list is insane, insanely good. Um, you know, Rip, obviously, we've all had chances to talk about uh, yep. and he's had his RJ stories. Mayday, uh, he could go on forever. I'm really looking forward to hearing from Jim. He and I really haven't had too many, if any, conversations uh, over the years, so I'm I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, and then uh, Joe Bowen, that's I'm glad that Joe is coming, and it's it's interesting too because that's the guy I shared the booth with, another Hall of Famer in Toronto, yep. for two years before coming back here. So uh, that's that's a great group. With the really rivalry between the Leafs and the Sabers, obviously the yeah. you know. The location of of the two cities, but yeah. over the years, like you think of the '99 uh, conference finals and everything, like there's definitely a rivalry there. But the fact oh, that gosh, there was yeah. respect, obviously, with Joe and and RJ, that's going to be awesome. Um, yeah. Danny Gare has a great story about doing radio with RJ, um, and and Danny talks about how he was there the first time that RJ let out the la 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 he basically puts his hands up and told everybody to shut up. Yeah. I'm going here. And Danny was like, I didn't know what was going on. So Danny's probably going to share that story from his own personal experience. It's really, really uh, cool, obviously, to have all these people wanting to come back and wanted to say something about RJ. Yeah. And that's, again, I've mentioned that before, too. I think with the two of you, uh, you and uh, Duffer talking about, uh, you know, if you could have been in the booth for pick a call. I mean, you, you could have a favorite call, but pick a moment that you wish you would have been in the booth and you could have seen that body language and just how, uh, again, it's kind of like sitting and watching um, the Beatles write a song before yeah. it's a hit and you're watching the documentary thinking, oh my gosh, I know the lyrics. They don't even know the lyrics yet in this movie. So it would have been neat to to sit back and... Um, I wonder... I wonder what he said, like uh, before I made my save on Andy Delmore, yeah. because he was notorious for pressing the talk back button, as Joe Pinter pointed out in the Tim Graham yeah. athletic I think interview. He said, about, oh, oh. Well, exactly. He probably <laughs> says, be on in the corner, way out of his net and press the talk back button to Joe, our producer, and says, what the heck is he doing there again? Right. And then <laughs> no, he's no. got to make it up because I'm diving back to make the save. And then he has the call, like the great call. But I wonder if he did press the talk back button and says, well, that's not going to look good or something like what's Biron doing and then made the call. So these yeah. are all things that obviously we won't know, but it he probably, uh, he probably said there. this. Yeah. He probably said, what's this guy doing? Skating his way back to Rochester. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. That definitely is something that he probably thought in that moment that I was doing, but yeah. Uh, yeah so anyway, we probably should take a break here because there is definitely some league news that we want to talk about. We did talk a little bit about Austin Matthews yesterday signing a four-year extension that doesn't start this year, start the year after at 13.25 million on average. Oh, good. So I got time to do uh, Alexis my extension. Lafreniere, Evan Bouchard. We have a lot to talk about NHL news. So yeah, you, you get us back on schedule here, uh, Dan. Oh, that's all right. Yeah, I use this chat board here saying break when nobody's answered me yet. So now I see a thumbs up. Okay, listen. Okay, you know that's how you tank my audition. Thanks anyway. Sabers Live will continue in just a moment. Thanks for joining <laughs> us. Stick around. Such a 
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.